All right, everybody, welcome back to episode nine of the Mass Appeal podcast, hosted by your boy, Mark Lewis. What's up, guys? What's going on, guys? We took a week off. Jay Fine was on vacation. He's in La Republica Dominicana. See, si. see, si, senor. <laughs> and now we're back. We need a little Braves Easter, too, so it kind of like fit in organically. Everybody kind of took a little break. We did two straight months of recording. It was fine. We're back, though, with a familiar face and a new guest. Guys, who's back? Your boy Tommy is back at the Hedge quarters at Hedge Better. It feels good to be here. I was in the area today and I figured I'd pop by to hop in the episode. So it's uh, good to be here. Thanks for having me. Very excited to have him. Also excited to have our guest. We have Mr. Evan Abbott, co well, not co-founder, founder. The sorry. notorious. The notorious <laughs> Evan Abbott, founder of? Yeah, Vodka, the uh, world's first spiked sports drink. Appreciate you having me on. There we go. Hey, thanks for being out here, buddy. Uh, what was I going to say? Ev, we've been out uh, wanting to get you on for a while, buddy. Yeah, no, I uh, I appreciate what you guys are doing up here. Headquarters is sick. I know. So. So how do you like HQ? You feeling like a homey vibe here? Yeah, dude, it's 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 legit. There's yeah. Some good stuff going on up it's, here. So. He's got, I got to say, it's kind of like a hidden gem hole in the wall. You would never think it's here, right? Yeah. It's kind of like a little Alice in Wonderland. Little, You just come right through the door. You just come right up, and it's well, just like, holy shit, there's a lot. Oh, yeah, you know what I mean? Dude, this place is the most unassuming place on planet Earth. I think it was a crack den from outside. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> it's definitely. A, every time I bring people out here, they're like, where the fuck are you taking me right now? And they walk up, and they're like, oh, this is actually really nice. They think I'm like, to get robbed. It's yeah, like, yeah, I didn't. I'm, like, not, no. I'm not trying to fucking, yeah, exactly. They see you. Langa sitting on the couch. They're like, what the yeah, fuck is going on Baseball here? bat in his hand. Exactly. <laughs> but um, what was I going to say? So, Ev, um, the one of the most fascinating things I find about you, obviously, is the whole entrepreneurial endeavor that you've been on for about how long now uh oh, we started working on the initial blueprint for the company about 18 months ago that's pretty recent yeah, yeah actually to be recent. honest with you i mean as jay fine how long he's been at, we've been doing this hedge better thing yeah no it's not uh it doesn't happen overnight for sure yeah. and you guys got going pretty fucking quick now so from what I understand, what you told me, right, you had like a regular job, obviously, right, for so, for however many years you went to. Tell us about like where you're from, though, and everything. I want to go through like your life here. Yeah, sure. Grew up in uh, Franklin, Massachusetts, um, you know, went through the school system there up until uh, high school, then went to a uh, Catholic school, transferred over to a prep school as a big hockey player. Baseball. Did you go St. Seb's? Uh, no, I went to uh, Tabor Academy. Oh, the yep. Sea Wolves. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Big program. Mark knows the deal. My dad's, but one of my dad's best buddies played at Tabor before he went to UNH. Wow. Yep. Um, small world. Yep. Um, yep. But then I, uh, you know, finished up there, went to UMass Amherst, graduated in five semesters, just grinded, knew that I needed to get out in the real world, start making some Five money. semesters? Five semesters. You graduated college in two and a half years? Two and a half years. That's yep. insane. Oh yeah, my God. I didn't crazy. know that. Yeah. Meanwhile, yeah. I'm like five years in and I like, I'm not even halfway through. Yeah, <laughs> so there's that. Well, trust but it's me, like, I got a right. paper to write tonight. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. Yeah. I, trust me. I wish I had your, uh, your talent. Um, <laughs> But uh, yeah, no, I, I did a fifth year at Tabor. So I had some some AP courses going into college. Oh, that's a such a big ahead. help, bud. Yeah. So I was probably a semester ahead going in. But then, um, yeah, I grinded six, six or seven classes each semester, did summer, winter sessions. Just knew as soon as I graduated. Oh, shit. Yeah. The sooner I graduated. Did you have like a full college experience because of that? Like, how? what's the experience? You like, know, like, I mean, I think the cool thing about like coming from the boarding school background is that. I was probably pretty mature going into college and, right. and you know, UMass, like 
there were probably a couple hundred kids from my hometown that went to UMass. And, you know, I played hockey and baseball. I played like seven different sports growing up. So I knew kids from everywhere. Like I knew hundreds of people at UMass. So for me, like the parties were there for sure. I went to them. I went to the bars, whatever. But, you know, like I, I definitely think I made some sacrifices while I was there to try to. Was it worth it in hindsight? Oh, absolutely. Really? I, I got out of college at, you know, 21 years old, um, had a full-time job lined up as soon as I graduated. And yeah, I, I knew that the sooner I got through all of the academics, the sooner I'd be able to start putting money in my own pocket versus like, you know, just living off of, you know, the summer job income and, and mm -hmm. just spending money in, in school. So, um, yeah, I, I made some sacrifices to, to better myself and, and, Cause UMass is one of those places that people I feel like want to just stay at fucking forever. I've never heard of anybody really like trying to get through it quickly. You know what I'm saying? People are like, let me kind of like milk this out for as long as I possibly can. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, it's like for sure. hearing somebody took the complete oppo take on that is like really kind of refreshing. That's cool. For sure. Yeah. And you know, I just, I was kind of in tune to the fact that like, you know, your parents are, are helping you out or whatever, but that that's going to end really quickly. So I knew that I had to kind of. That's put on. good that you kind of learned that because at a young age, right? Yeah. And like me too, growing up in Eastie, like you know, I'm, I'm sure you know too. Like money doesn't grow on trees. Yeah, you know? no, like yeah, I, no, I learned that lesson. My at, parents threw me out at 23, and we're like, yeah, sorry. <laughs> I learned that you. lesson very early, but uh, yeah, I feel like too at UMass Amherst, there's so many people, obviously from Massachusetts towns that go there. But like their whole high school also goes there too. Yeah. So like it's funny to hear you say like two hundred people from your high school went there. Oh, so it's oh. like it's like Franklin University. Oh no, I mean oh, I'm sorry. You went to St. Seb's or is it Seb's? No. I'm totally tuned out right Tabor now. Tabor here. Hey, your buds paying attention. I'm like trying to. I'm like trying to answer emails and I'm just gonna shut oh, this. Buddy's multitasking on the pod. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say it's like uh, it's like Tabor University there. That's yeah, what I was trying to say. Yeah. He's gotten a little bit busier since he last appeared on the podcast. I'm just gonna shut up be the, the not a big deal, deal. Okay. hey your buddy open buddy shut the laptop and open it four seconds later we got it <laughs> buddy's back no um what was i gonna say fucking ahead, um no it, by the way evan is it safe to say and obviously tommy jay fine anybody who's grown up in massachusetts is it safe to say that everybody knows a kid or grew up with a kid that went to umass and then just kind of disappeared and got like absorbed into the school that you kind of like never saw again I think there's a lot of I think that's a lot of people like not even just UMass Amherst just probably like, like college in general. But I feel like UMass is like one of those like black hole schools that people just I feel get, like, like I, lost in. You know what I'm saying? I feel like I knew some kids that went to like Roger Williams and like wrote. I think it's in like Rhode Island and just like it's a never, weird school to get sucked into. Dead random, right? But there's like mad random schools. Like what's another one? Um, I feel like people do that with like um, I'm trying to think of where. Oh, uh, it's on the tip of my tongue. I kind of know the one you're talking about too. Oh shit! There's a bunch, dude. There's a bunch of like hole in the wall colleges that like people go and then they come out four years later and they're like a hippie now. And I'm like, oh shit, good UVM. for you, <laughs> UVM. Yeah, yep. I'm like, oh, you socks and like hairy legs. And I'm like, oh, you were just one of the boys in, in the in the locker room. And then four years later, you're like, you know, smoking weed and taking psychedelics and like your hair's down to your fucking I, waist. But like, that's cool if that's what you want to yeah, do. But like, like, everybody finds themselves in college or was yeah. supposed to, right? <laughs> At least, hey, listen, you just found yourself and it's a different person than we all thought. I guess. You know I, I think in general right like the real world kind of hits people slaps them in the face a bit so mm -hmm. you know like growing up everyone kind of you know plays sports hangs out with hometown friends their parents are driving them to school picking them up from school whatever it is so they're kind of you know guided in a certain way and then sure. when you get to college you know you realize it's kind of the free world like you get to do whatever you want so some people right. you know 
use it to their advantage. Some people don't know what to it do. It sounds with like you were ready for that proverbial slap. If yeah, you no, say it, it, that, like it sounds like you were ready for that. You know what I mean? It hit me at a young age for sure. Mm -hmm. It hit me at a young age. Right. Um, Just got I, it out of the way early. Yeah, I have two siblings. You know, like like I said, I went to boarding school, so my parents like. Paid What's the quick. boarding school experience like? Oh, it's it's amazing. Really? It's, yeah. If you, I, I um, have mixed reviews of boarding school. Same. I've heard so mixed things, but I that's think funny. Like at least at at its school, like Tabor Academy, like if you're you know plugged into the system in the sense that you're like an athlete or like you're in like that social group, you can really use it to your advantage. Really. Um, yeah, I wouldn't send. I wouldn't send my daughter to boarding school. Take a note. Take a mental note of that. Yeah. yeah. So like I, I had like these experiences at a very young age, and like the hometown was still there too, right? So I still had you know a social scene in my hometown, but mm -hmm. like adding in the boarding school, you know, you're living with all your your friends, and you're playing. You know, you're a decent player on the hockey team, and you're one of the guys on the baseball team. Like you know, I had I had a good experience. Nice. So. That's awesome. Yeah. So. Yeah. Why don't you take us through like where the whole idea came from? Yeah, sure. Kind of so, first. you know, I was never really into like drinking. Like I loved partying, but I was never really into drinking when I was based on what I've known you from the last six months. That that, that is a very surprising fact to, to, to hear. Yeah, that's that, true. That, and I, I thought that I thought someone that's, you know, founded a liquor company. But I do have to say when I do see you, oh, it's always like you're sober, you're professional, like you're there yeah. to do business. Oh, no, you're never sloppy. Anyway, I'm just saying just from like being in the scene with all this shit, like I I would never guess that you weren't a big drinker. I thought you had been like experienced with this type of beverage and been like, I can do this better is what I was trying to say. So, yeah. So I was not into drinking and I didn't really understand why, because I saw kids that would pound beers or drink a lot whenever i did drink it would be like hard liquor it'd be bottles mm -hmm. of vodka and i'd mix it with like gatorade or you know lemonade or, or whatever i could could grab so mm -hmm. um i didn't really understand what was going on then you know i graduated from umass um moved into my own apartment covid hit so all the bars everything was closed um you know, I, I had this nice place in Seaport and, and you know, six months of like that initial COVID rush had, had gone by and people were itching to get out and do something. All the bars and restaurants were still closed. So I started throwing parties in my apartment and because kids had done absolutely nothing for, you know, six months, they all started, they were all coming. Um, so we were throwing these huge parties mid pandemic. Um, you know, 70 to 100 people are showing up. The second wave of COVID that just hit Massachusetts this past, like, year, it's probably from... Yeah, from this yeah. Probably from the Seaport penthouse. Generated. They used Ground to Zero is, is 2,500 Seaport Avenue, yeah. whatever you're at. <laughs> yeah, they used to call them super spreaders, yeah. But yeah. Um, regardless, like, I knew I had this this little platform, this, this you know, ability to get my, my name out there and, and people were coming to see me and, and they were having a good time and yeah. showing them a good experience. You're like a social epicenter for people. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Um, so, you know, everyone was bringing over like the seltzers and, and sometimes beer or whatever, and like just stuff in a can. Mm -hmm. And I just couldn't drink seltzer. Like I couldn't even get drunk off of them. I couldn't get them down quick enough. It just made no sense to me what's going on. So I used to mix like Grey Goose and Gatorade and I'd like pound those and get drunk. And I was like, you know what? This is like a better way to drink. Mm -hmm. It's a better way to consume alcohol than like a highly carbonated seltzer or like a heavy beer. Um, and there just wasn't really anything like it in a can. So it, it dawned on me like, hey, we could put this in a can and sell it. 
Um, so I pitched it to my roommate at the time, Kyle Kent, and he was like, that's the best idea I've ever heard. We got to do it. And we just got the ball rolling. Took a lot of, you know, capital up front that we had been working for the last few years to save up. But um, so the, and this is the thing with any entrepreneurial endeavor. I feel like this is where the gray area comes in where people like it's, it's kind of like breaking into the entertainment industry or whatever. There's this always this kind of like weird void that like is kind of not understood. So you had your own money to put up at first, right? Cause you had a pretty good job for a while. Yeah. Yeah. Well, right. So yeah, I was working a nine to five job at a bank, you mm -hmm. know, making good money, paying high rent in an apartment in Seaport. Like yep. I had, uh, I had the ability to, to use some of that to, nice. to get this off the ground. Yeah. And then how do you go into an initial round of like raising money and Jay fine can talk about this too. Cause he's done the exact same thing. How do you go into raising that initial, I have this idea. I need more money. How do I do this? Yeah. How do you do it? Um, I think the first step is, you know, getting all of the infrastructure in place to then kind of the business plan. Yeah. Orchestrate a, a pitch right. to people. And then the first place you turn is like your close family and friends and say, here's what I'm trying to accomplish. You know, mm -hmm. are you interested in helping me out? And like, of course, like my close family and friends are all, we're all interested in it. They mm -hmm. thought it was a great idea. They wanted to help me out, but right. you know, that only goes so far. Of They're course. not like extremely wealthy or whatever. So, um, you know, we continued to leverage like networks of networks. So we ended up landing with a, um, a guy who he's a billionaire. He, um, you know, owns a, what a segue. Just, yeah. <laughs> ended up landing with a billionaire. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We, not we, a big deal. Not yeah, a big deal. Yeah. I, I knew that we needed somebody that had the means to get us to a, another level of, you know, capitalization, right? Like we couldn't do this with no money. We couldn't do this. Where did this guy's money come from? You don't have to tell us like exactly um, who it is, but like, was he the, in real estate or some shit? Like, no, the majority of his wealth was generated through a, uh, like a fashion brand clothing um okay yeah yeah i'll i'll talk about it a little bit it, tory birch like the women's clothing brand he yeah owns that yeah what um yeah his, <laughs> yeah oh yeah. shit wow yeah his ex-wife is tory birch his name's chris oh that's, that's, <laughs> yeah this yeah. is chris birch <laughs> yeah 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 right so Sheesh. he you know they've since like divorced or whatever and he has a ton of businesses now he you know um owns a venture capital firm so um, <laughs> but he didn't, he didn't put in like an overextension amount of money. He gave us, you know, a, a little bit of money to get us going. And then like family and friends contributed to the investment round too. So we raised one investment round. We're more than likely going to raise a second investment round in the next few months. And, mm -hmm. um, yeah, just, just grinding it. Um, is there a sense of anxiety once you actually get this money? Like, is there, I mean, is there a kind of like, are you nervous now at that point where you're like, oh, fuck, now I got these people have trusted me with this money. I kind of fantasized about this. I mean, I think with any business where people are giving you large sums of money, there's going to be some pressure. Right. Like, but are you feeling at pressure day, at that like, point? Like, if you present them the business plan and you're fully transparent, you got to kind of expect them to be confident in you if they're giving you that. And money, I'm tying right? this into like the whole, like, it's all, it sounds great. I'm being an entrepreneur. I'm raising this money. But, but now you actually have to like. Do make it. these people back their money and it's like oh shit now like the spotlight's on me these people are counting on me you know what i'm saying i like, think the thing that we the thing that keeps me at peace with it is nobody has really extended themselves in any way to help us out other than like financially other than me and my partner kyle like we've put in 
more money collectively, Kyle and I, than anybody else has. Uh-huh. Um, so like our money is where our mouth is. Like our our skins in the game. Yeah, we quit our nine to five jobs. Like we've we've made all the sacrifices, and at this point, you know, like the investments more of kind of an opportunity. Like nobody's n- no startup investments a guaranteed hit by any. No, means. right, like exactly. Most startups don't succeed so and people with fucking that kind of money can afford to take that kind of risk yeah it's like you know like if you have a couple million dollars in your retirement account what's you know 20 to fifty thousand in a high risk investment like you might as well get involved to support it and and, right you know the other thing is it's cool right like we -hmm. do cool events it's a cool business it's a cool product like it's differentiated like it has some legs to it you Mm -hmm. know like it's just cool to be involved with. So that's kind of how we we framed it in that first fundraising round. I think going forward, it's going to be more kind of institutionalized and higher stakes for sure. But and um, what are you what are you looking to accomplish in the second round? Like, what are you looking to go? What what do you where do you want this company to get to in the in the, the second level? Yeah, I mean, we're big in Massachusetts. We're out there for sure. I was sure. going to say, you guys are now. And since I met you, you're in so many more stores. And yeah. this is what six months ago, maybe. Uh, we launched the week of Thanksgiving of last year. So we're about close to five months in. Um, Yeah. Right. Okay. So then we met like four months ago. Yeah. Yeah, Right. Right. To tie into that too. Um, how, so obviously before your launch, actually launching the product, you're trying to prepare for everything you possibly can. Yep. After launching, you now you said five months in. Yep. What are any new challenges or things you thought were going to be challenges that weren't that you experienced within the first five months of actually launching the product. Has there been any, any that caught you by surprise or? Yeah. I think like the biggest challenge for us is scaling into the new markets, right? So I had a very extensive network in Massachusetts. Like I said, we had the apartment, we threw 75 parties to promote the brand. Mm-hmm. We have connections with every bar and nightclub in the city. Like we've done events at all of the best spots. Like we've, promoted it on Instagram. We have tons of video content, et cetera. Like we have thousands of customers in Massachusetts, but as we're looking to scale, you know, we're now in four States. We're in New Hampshire, Rhode Island, Connecticut. It's like, you know, nobody cares. Like everything that comes in mass is like, like we're smoking it. But then like, as you go to a new state, you're a completely new brand. It's a completely new launch. You have to build your own network again there. And, um, you know, there's ways that you can, spend money to advertise, right? Influencer marketing, uh, more traditional advertising channels, but it's tough as a startup brand. We don't obviously have like influencer marketing with Tommy Garino, by the way, not a big <laughs> Yeah. Guy. And I mean, Check like the poster, like, like it's crazy. The people that I, I've worked with, right. It's like, I had my own net, like, I, first of all, I had my own small following, right? Like, so people are tuning into what I'm doing. You, you know, you are, you absolutely, you know, fucking a lot of people. I, everyone, I was like right? surprised. I'm like, oh my and God, like, this guy Evans really got like fucking. Yeah. When he yeah. first like showed me who you were, I was like, oh, this kid's fucking. Yeah. yeah right. Yeah. So like we leveraged, a little bit. we leveraged my network. We leveraged people like Tommy. We leveraged, you know, Bean Shooter, like even like Jet Littlefield has his own like differentiated kind of network. He used to, you know, like sell weed back in like high school so he's got like kids that used to buy weed off him, which are kids that you know me coming from like a prep school and playing sports stuff i would never have known those kids right it's like like, a mix but sounds like a very melting pot of different circles that you kind of yeah it's like i've gotten creative i've i've leveraged just about everybody in my network to the best of my ability and and it's like that's why we've sold you know one hundred and seventy thousand dollars worth of product at this point right Mm -hmm. but it's like Again, like getting outside of that network, like 
word of mouth only takes you so far. You yeah. need to put a lot of resources into everything. And right. you know, it's it's the it's the grind that we're in right it's now. It's fucking hard growing. It, listen, it's I always say it's it's not I don't want to say it's not that hard to start at home. I'm not saying that it's not hard. It is hard. I'm just saying, like you said, when you go into a different state where you don't know fucking anybody, yeah, it's tough. It's it's a way, it's it's three times as hard. Oh yeah. To just reintroduce yourself to new people. Think about it. If you just move to like Iowa and just yeah. hey, my name's Evan. Right. We should be friends. People would be like, uh, what? You know what I'm saying? And I think like, that's huge when you you know you have a good product because that gives you even more leverage. It's not like you're going to these random states and you're presenting them dog shit to try. Yeah, the thing you know that, what I mean. The thing that really um you know keeps keeps me going in the right direction is I know that the product is differentiated and has a spot in every liquor store. Like there is a consumer out there who would want to drink vodka for reasons because it's differentiated, right? Mm-hmm. So like and it and it's good too. Um you know, brands are definitely kind of I don't want to say born online, but they're definitely directed online, right? So like even Bud Light, right? Like they spend, you know, $6 million on a Super Bowl ad. They're, you know, the sponsor of every like NFL team, right? So it's like people are buying Bud Light for reasons that have nothing to do with the product. Right. Absolutely nothing to do with the product. It's just a socially integrated brand. And I think mm-hmm. that's huge because especially with, with vodka, you've told me before, you guys are trying to market this more as like a sports drink, correct? Yeah, yeah. So I think the biggest thing for this brand is going to be when some inevitably some college or professional athlete just doesn't give a <laughs> fuck at some point and just whips this thing out and it, cracks it on the it, sidelines during the game. Like Antonio Brown t- or someone <laughs> like that's going to be his last ditch in the NFL is going to be Antonio Brown cracking one of these things. That's what I was, like was going to tie into my- the crowd and. Good. <laughs> for the bird at the crowd. Yeah, just like, yeah. <laughs> and and just slugging one of these things down. People are like, what the fuck is this guy doing? He's drinking vodka. And then I was going to say that ties into my next question because we kind of just went off the rails a little bit there. Yeah, my bad. I got jacked. No, up, it's sorry. fine. So, like you, I was saying, like you're going to kind of mark this sort of like a sports drink. I was going to say, if you could have one Boston athlete really, like, if you, if like tomorrow, if you're like, all right, you have one Boston athlete to pick to like throw this on their Instagram, who would it be? Oh, it's a good, it's a good question. I like this. I think, um, you know, I think the Bruins are going to be a place that we turn. Mm-hmm. Um, we've definitely done some networking with with some of those guys. Not a bad place to network. No. Yeah, <laughs> I think the, best, the uh, most salt of the earth fan base in the in the city. I can tell you that much. Yeah, I think like the, uh, you know, obviously like a Jason Tatum has a monster platform. He's global, but like wow. he's yeah, he's working with Gatorade. You know, right. it's like. Right. None of these Bruins I feel guys. Like NHL though, players go really under the radar. Under the radar, especially is, when it comes to to partnerships with brands. Yeah. Like, do you really know any NHL players besides like you know Austin Matthews that are really partnered with big brands? Like Reba- yeah. Who's he with? Like Reebok. Like I don't even know who he's even like right. with. Like you know what I'm McDavid. saying. Even look at a guy McDavid. like like I mean I don't want to take your answer from you, but look at a guy like Marshawn. Like yep. he's not really partnered with any drinks, right? So right. imagine having a guy like Brad Marshan pro it, promoting your product. Like yeah. That would be sick. Really, yeah. The thing that's tough about it is like Brad Marshan's like, what, like 36 he's now? Right? Yeah. That's so like, he's, he's like, I want to say he's like, he's going to be like 33, 34. Yeah. yeah so he's he, a little bit older than me. Yeah, so right. he's made, you know, $60 million right. in the mm. NHL. So like, what's a, Ten thousand dollar brand. You'd have to go for like David David Pasternak. You'd have to go for like Pasta, like Jake DeBrusque, or somebody like that. You need to get creative with it. You need somebody that's buying into the longer term vision of our product. So right. Um. Yeah, we're working on it. Hundred percent. Now, here's the other thing, Ev. We were we were talking about this on the phone last night or whatever. Every endeavor 
every kind of journey of some kind has a low, right? Yeah. You hit one of yours fairly recently. Can yeah. you take us through what that felt like? And if you, I know you'll be honest about it and whatever. It's part of the journey. It's part of anybody's, anybody's doing anything, whether you're in an entrepreneurial thing, content, whatever the fuck. I, me and Tom were just literally just talking about this on the way up here. We've wanted to quit a thousand, how many times? Yeah, I, I think it ties into just, you know, you have bad days, whether it be, you know, as an influencer, as a company, as just an everyday person working your job. But, you know, it ne never you never lose the vision. That's the biggest thing. You never lose the vision. You never lose the passion and the drive why you're doing this. But everyone hits lows. Like I've had it, probably once a week, I'll have a bad day yeah, where I'm legit, like, fuck, yeah. this sucks. But the thing that drives me is the long term vision of what I, I know I can get to, you know, right. so yeah. can you talk us through yours. Like, how do you feel? How did you feel about, a, you know, whatever it was a couple months ago you were going dealing with? Yeah, no, we, um, you know, unfortunately we took a bath on, on some bad product that our, uh, our manufacturing facility put out. Um, and we had to pull that and, and, uh, you know, take care of it internally. Luckily, like it wasn't out there at the market too deep where mm -hmm. we just literally ran around to the stores and, and, it and that's show. something oh, you legit. can't you can't prepare for that like that's no. something you can't prepare for yeah it totally out of our control so like i had no idea this is how that that went down that's crazy yeah yeah wow. um yeah so again we took care of it fortunately and it didn't sink our business by any means and again like this is where like kyle and i like putting our own money where our mouth is and, and taking care of things that maybe don't go wrong right like we're willing to take risks on our own kind of dime and, mm -hmm. and and hope that it hits and then like if there's kind of a re re repetitive you know blueprint for it we'll you know run that through our business right. but like we're, we're we're learning you know we're first-time entrepreneurs and there's a lot of third-party risk with owning a beverage company and yeah. um i mean but i think any any brand right on their you know when the, from their initial like point of inception to like wherever they're at currently always hits this point where they're like it hits a point where they're like this we might be done like yeah. where, where we we might be done yeah you know, it's like bar i remember barstool did it with uh, with um the blackout parties or whatever when kids were like legit blacking out and almost dying at their shit and they're thinking they're gonna get sued into next week and yeah. they're like dave and portnoy was like in the documentary if you watch it, he's like well i thought we were fucking done We'd already burnt through so much money promoting this shit. And then like the rest of the tour got shut down. They lost like 15 tour dates because of it. And it was like, I, I, like I'm saying, like any brand, any entertainer, any anything comes to some point where they're like, fuck, we might be like done. This might be it. Yeah. And then you kind of get through it. And, yeah, and I even relate to that, too, especially as influencers nowadays, athletes, artists, anyone that's big on social media. You deal with the whole cancel culture bullshit. You deal with that. You got to watch your every step of what you're doing. So I market myself like I'm a walking business at the end of the day. Like this is my full-time job to make money off of my own image. So day to day, like I got to be careful what I put on social media, how I market myself. So luckily I've surrounded myself around a good team of business savvy individuals that kind of help me and advise me in the right directions. But even with me, like I deal with it every day. Like you really got to be careful with what you're doing and, and you have to be able to act on the spot if something goes wrong. hundred percent. Yeah. That, like, I, you know, um, it's just like fucking when you're on this kind of like, when you're putting yourself out there so much more than like the average regular everyday person is. Yeah. That's stuff. You know what I mean? Like that's you're, the you're, biggest thing. Yeah. You're subject to so much more than some random average guy that nobody knows exists is. You know what and I'm I saying? I truly think the main thing, and you can talk to this too, Evan, is just keeping that 
that um that tunnel vision of where you know this is going to go and the potential where it's going to go and to just keep pushing no matter what hits you on the way yeah nothing's smooth everything costs more money takes more effort goes less successfully than planned but you know you're still making progress as you're doing these things um right the thing that you just said where like uh you know people are advising you and whatnot like i that's why i like you know how we have a like a working relationship right like Mm -hmm. i'm constantly talking to you about things you're telling Mm -hmm. me what you think you could do to help me and even even the other day when you dropped that duncan video i'm like hey that's not like for them right you're like no no it's just for my page i'm like good because that's not what they're gonna want out of a corporate even me with flybed i came to you in the penthouse that night the first night i came to you i said hey what's good i told them about you and i said hey this is what we're doing like what do you think i should do and you told me yeah you know what i'm saying and i think i think a lot of people that are um you know starting their own businesses or doing stuff on social media, trying to promote things, whether it be themselves or a brand, I think um, they neglect looking for help or asking for help. And I think that's the main thing that I've learned over the last six months really is networking in a support system is two of the biggest things you can have. Yeah. Whether it be a startup, you're an entrepreneur, because sure, you can do it on your own, but you're going to have so much of a better chance if you have a good group of people around you that are helping you too. Yeah. It's never never wrong to ask for help, you know? No, 100%. And like Ev, you've done, you've you've had to do things that are like you you moved out of the seaport. Yeah, you, you did things that you had to. This is what you had to do. And you know, sometimes it's not the sexy thing, it's not the the fun thing that you want to tell people or whatever. But like, you do what you got to do, and that's totally fine, dude. You know what I'm saying? Like, you've been super honest about that. Like, I don't. There's no shame in it. Obviously, like you've done what you had to do. You had to change some things around about your lifestyle and yeah. adjust. That's that's all for the greater purpose of the long-term goal. Yeah. Good for you. Yeah, for sure. I, I think I knew like that I had zero reservations with putting myself out there to people. And that's kind of what enabled me to take this step to begin with, right? Like my partner, Kyle, he's not necessarily as kind of in the, in the, you know, the limelight. Of that things. would make sense. Cause I have no clue who he is to be honest with <laughs> yeah, you. Right. I know you and I have no he clue who this kid of, is. So yeah, <laughs> he does a lot of the work that I need behind the scenes. scenes right. Um, and I'm the one who really puts myself out there and networks with people like, like, you know, right. like not, it's not for everyone. That's what I'm saying too. Stuff. Like, that's what I'm saying with having a team behind you. Like I have, and you guys both know, like I have individuals behind me yep. that help me that aren't in the limelight that people don't know about, which yeah. is, which is what you need. Because if you have everyone in the limelight, you know, it's, it's gonna, it's gonna be overwhelming to different people and you can't take care of things in a beneficial way. And those are the unsung heroes of everybody's journey. The people that don't need to be like, I'm the guy out in the front. Like I like to be, have to be seen with their arm around you and pictures and stuff like that. Like I've been helping this guy with everything that he needs. Like even we were just talking about before we started recording the Nelk boys, like they have the dude, John and someone else, the two brothers, you know what I'm talking about, right? Evan, I forget their name, but John and Sammy, but they, but they run all the business operations in the back end, and the Nelk boys are the guys who are in the front end doing the talent. Obviously they're still involved in the business side, but to have two guys in the back end that are really taking care of those guys should name their fucking price because those guys are invaluable. I'm sure they're getting taken care of in some yeah way. no but they've done great they those guys have done a fucking fantastic job with nelk and like you know keeping it up to you know keeping them up to speed and constantly having them you know what i mean and like, i think that's what really took like full send to the whole next level you know just having guys in the back and they know what they're doing but that can tie into any business you know i can't believe side note i cannot believe how much they made off that nft fucking thing yeah yeah 35 million over that's fucking absurd man a lot of money that's unbelievable good for them that's fucking crazy what um how do you feel about 
Evan, like you've been in the city of Boston now for a while. Obviously, you grew up in the state. Like, how do you feel about the current state state of Boston as a city with the nightlife, how the real estate thing is all changing and everything like that? Kind of the identity of the city is changing. Like, how do you feel about because now you have a brand based here? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You're not just a kid from Massachusetts anymore. You have like financial ties into the city now. Sure. So like how have like how have like businesses been to you like welcoming you in for events? Like who's been like, you know, because you've been fucking around on like almost like a mini tour. Yeah. No, I, brand, you know I've done saying? all the Boston. Um, I've done all the Boston venues for sure. Um, you've met just about everybody. Yeah. Yeah. I think, uh, you know, certain people want to help. Most people don't. Um, <laughs> yeah. that's fair yeah. i agree with you yeah i yeah. think that go- i think that goes with anything actually to be honest with you yeah yeah no i've definitely um i've made a lot of people a lot of money and yeah. have you have you found that massachusetts is um how do i want to put this uh, i want to say brand friendly place where like i mean i think you guys just answered that you said a lot of people don't want to help but you've networked with people that do want to help also i think it's a great term by the way be- brand friendly do you know I what like i mean that. like yeah, yeah. I think of it like like yeah so sure kind of it kind of ties into the influencer stuff too where like i talk about new york and la florida or like miami they're all tapped into i feel like if we were in la all three of us right now we'd be doing like completely di- like almost on like a completely different level like i feel like you can I- identify your brand more in a place like boston where it's a smaller market that's more untapped do you feel like that uh no i think um no (laughs) but no i I think boston's very painfully um interesting very kept almost is that like makes sense i think big big players are controlling interesting that's interesting like do you think boston's us just under the thumb of places like like the duncan brand or like uh bud why or uh fucking like sam adams no yeah, disrespect yeah. to any of these brands i'm no. just saying they've yeah. been it's not it's like, not a knock on it. even like uh even like big night like they're a huge brand in boston and again it's not a knock on any of these brands yeah, but i right. do understand what you're saying where it's like there's probably a handful that really control the space yeah 100 yes. i think you know for for a cpg brand and like a product based brand it, it's challenging I totally think. total side note by the I, way can you what does cpg stand con, for for the people at home packaged good ah uh, there um, we go yeah. quick little anagram for um, the boys there i i think I had no clue what it was. yeah i think it's challenging for for us i think on the internet it's a different story yeah. i think you know like because you can't buy up space on the internet. There's so much of it, it's impossible to monopolize. That's why. Yeah. Now, I like, think- if you guys wanted to do, like, an event, let's say, at, like, Hurricane O'Reilly or whatever the fuck it's called, Hurricanes at the Garden now. Yeah. Like, you know they're going to go for a corporate sponsor first. Yeah, for sure. They're going to yeah. go to the Jack Daniels. They're going to go to the fucking Jamesons, the yeah. proper 12 and shit. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, we we uh, we face a lot of, call it, um, you know, restriction based on the industry, how things work for billion dollar alcohol supplies yeah, sure. yeah right yeah. right truly, um truly is another big one in boston. yeah but it's owned by boston beer it's the same it's sam adams truly and you know is it re- i never knew that is it yeah. really oh yeah boston oh, beer is huge they're in the same neighborhood as us yeah um wow i didn't yeah, fucking know that support. yep um we could have been dropping dimes yeah, in the entrepreneurial yeah. world on this pod now i love it this Learned is what i was hoping yeah yeah but i i think where we win is in these pockets of the internet right we work with guys like tommy we you know, I'm connected with people like Bob Mennery, like mm-hmm. Bean Shooter, right? It's like they have their own like fan bases that I'm, you know, able to provide value to them in some way, shape or form. And in return, they're, you know, they bring me up a little bit and and then, you know, eyes are on Vodkite. And, you know, luckily the product's different enough that people are attracted to it and they go try it. And then, 
you know, some customers stick, some don't, but, um, it, it's really, really challenging to, there, there's so many other brands that people like me have tried to launch that have done. And I think you've done a great, of what we've done. And I think to kind of tie into what I said earlier about networking, it's so it's, it's the most valuable thing I think you can have as a brand or someone trying to grow. And because relationships are the biggest thing you can possibly have. Um, I've recently, I have a venture going on right now with Snapchat where I connected with a guy a year ago over something completely different. And we just built a good relationship. We didn't talk for a year, but that same guy remembered me when a spot opened up where now I'm making, you know, a good income monthly. Yeah. So just building that both re- me and Evan are extremely jealous. I mean, of. I remember, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but like, jealous. But, he, he deserves it all. I no, remember, no, I'd say, yeah, no, I'd say, <laughs> look, of course here's the thing though. Right. Like I remember three months ago we were sitting in my apartment Mm-hmm. wondering what to do for you. Like, yeah, I was like, trying to What's the next you. move? Yeah, right? And it's like... I remember when like, you called what? me when I was at work that day. Mm-hmm. Probably, yeah. Like, <laughs> like a couple of months ago and you were like, what do I do? You know, I'm trying to what's figure out what next I do next. What's the next big step? Yeah, exactly. But, yeah, right. but like, here's the thing, right? Like, you stayed consistent. You stayed posting on the internet. You you stopped going to school, right? So it's like, it's not like this shit just like fell into your lap. Like, you've been working. You've been building your platform. You're a talent, you know? So it's like... It makes all the more it makes all the more sense for him to hire you to do his show. That that's the category you're in. You're the biggest Boston personality. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I feel like I can draw a lot of parallels from influencers or talent along with startup brands like yourself because we're all entrepreneurs yeah. at the end of the day. Yeah, right. And it's and I we were just talking about this the other day. I was talking to to a couple family members. This content shit, dude, is like not. People think it's like, you know. You put out a video and you just expect, listen, you know how many videos me and this kid and Tommy probably thought we're going to change our lives and just nothing. Yeah. And then like you sit there and build yourself and you put all this time and you kind of just have to continue trying. So you have um, to fail to succeed, fail to succeed. That's literally. Yeah. So I think that me and Tommy can probably relate to this one. You know, Tommy posted a series of skits. I think it was late summer that went like mega viral. It was like. July yeah. mega viral. So you were probably sitting there thinking this is going to change my life. He get, you went from 500,000 followers to a million in like a month, a month. Um, which is huge to you, you astronomically know, you, huge. You'd expect, right, yeah, right. you'd expect like corporate sponsors to be coming in the door, et cetera, et cetera. It didn't happen. Right. Me, we launched our business. It was the craziest launch. Like you could ever imagine. We sold a hundred thousand dollars worth of product in our first month. Holy shit. Like wow. we were, Yeah. I, I, but I had laid that groundwork, right? I threw right. parties for a full year leading up to it. I, mm-hmm. I put myself out there and the people were laughing at me. They're like, there's no way you're going to be able to pull this off. Like I, I put the vodka brand and the concept and the idea out there in, you know, April of 2021. Right. We yeah. We didn't end up launching until November. So I had, you know, I was throwing parties. I had branded merchandise. I was giving merch out to people and everything. And, and people were like, where is it? Where is it? When's it coming? When's it coming? When's it coming? And you know, we finally launched it in November and, you know, of course it was hot, but right. You know, since then there, there's been a coming back down to earth and like you had the same thing. You had those videos go viral and then all of a sudden like your views are shot, mm-hmm. you know, and you're like, there's no sponsors. What am I doing? And that moment weeds out the people who really want it from the people that just try and get it. You got to keep quick. going. Exactly. Like you, you, you dropped out of your, I don't want to call it dropped out, but you stopped taking classes in school when you had no income. No, nothing. Because what I mean, do we always say, Tom? You got to take risks. Yeah. That. No. Well, that. Yes. Right. You always got to take risks. And there's no plan B. There's no plan B. And I think that's the main thing. And, and this ties into vodka too, is 
you got to stay consistent. You got to stay relevant. That's the two biggest things yeah. in, in the in the social media world. And I'll even tie our boy uh, Jake Polino into this, where he grew really fast. Then he was on a on a, I don't want to say downward, but he was on a plateau. plateau for about six months to six to eight months. And then all of a sudden, he tried something new. He just stayed consistent every day, the same thing he was doing. And one thing hit, and now he is. He's Massive. probably one of the biggest sneaker influencers in the world. What right was now. that thing for him? I'm trying to forget. Air Force not- Ones. He was dying Air Force Ones in coffee. Oh no, but I'm saying what was he doing before wasn't he was he he was not so always he, doing that? No, 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 no. He um he was doing like voiceover stuff. He was doing some comedy stuff. I think he was doing t shirt customs for a little bit. Okay. But He's a good friend of mine, and like we always talk about it. He's like, I-, I was always into sneakers, but I never really thought about doing it on TikTok. So right when he started doing sneaker customs on TikTok, it just blew up, and it's a passion of his. So that's just another way to tie into, uh, you know, staying consistent, staying relevant, and um, you know, it paid off for him. So I'm happy for him. Have you talked to Jake? Yeah, we we keep in touch for yeah. sure. Um, he's he's off doing a million things. So he's going to launch his uh, sneaker brand soon. Shout out, shout out, Jake. I think it's called Kizzo Kick. So I, I'm pumped that he. So he's dropping his own sneaker, huh? I believe so. Yeah. Yeah. He's been working on it for Shit, the last like wanna, five six months. I, I know. Wanna, I don't want to give anything away, but he's. Yeah. Uh, yeah, they're going to be dropping it eventually. I don't know when. It, or it's mind boggling to me. Like I've tried to help intro him to like New Balance and Puma because I have connections at those two spots and like how how little they value it i mean i get it like new balance is working with jack harlow right like right. obviously that's better but dude jake has one of the most viral bits on the internet and i think he has a good attitude where he doesn't want to come off as like a salesman or like you know quote unquote sell out which is you know people make the, i make my money that way i do brand deals i need to make my money but he really believes in this vision of creating his old own thing which in time can be a million dollar business i don't think you'll have to do brand deals for much longer i think um you have people like me that believe in you that'll make it a little bit more of kind of like corporate partnerships mm-hmm. i think um, that's the goal is to have a and, long-term partnership and, you with know some I, companies. I think you're talented in the sense that you can build your own programming like the the snapchat show that you're doing right now like yeah there's a lot of behind the scenes stuff that's really making the show but hey you're you're doing all right for yourself working right. with them and and you're the talent and i i you know if you're making x amount of income you're not going to take these these brand deals no. you know and it just opens up a whole different avenue for myself with new ideas and i guess that can tie into another question to you what is your like do you have any big future plans for vodkite in the near future or like any different avenues you guys are trying to go down i know that you guys are in the process of launching a street like a roller hockey thing yeah um the roller hockey's kind of. I don't know of, if that ties in directly to Vodkite. Or, no, no, no. We got someone's doing that. Yeah. Um, I know just, Kyle told me about it. That's why I don't know if you guys are doing something. Yeah, I think your guys' merch is gonna be when you have like a desirable merch, like like merchandise, like logo, and just stuff that people like want to wear. Mm-hmm. Like, not even because they're like, no, I'm not. This is an offensive thing at all. But like, even if they don't like, even fuck with the drink. Yeah. They would like, wear their merch right, and come to the I would, parties. I would just wear shit. that. Even if, yeah. I didn't dr- even if I didn't drink this, yeah. or even I, I could have thought this was pissed to be on whatever it was. If I didn't like it, yeah, I would still wear that hat. Yeah, 100%. you know what I'm saying. Like I yeah. think that's where like brands can really, I don't want to say even things out, but kind of like dip their feet in both pools as far as like product, merch, product, merch. You know what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah, no, and and you know what I I think is unique about what what I'm doing with our business is I'm showing people an experience as well. So every event that we do is pretty much like a hit. Um, yeah so it would be good to get more you know of like that full send merch drop 
kind of concept going. Right. Um, Do you guys have any um, event plans or like anything in the near future that you're going to be dropping or throwing? Um, yeah, what's up on the uh, tour? It's coming up with the summer, buds. You got to be ready to go here. Yeah, yeah, no, we got three three bars on Cape Cod that are uh, we're gonna be ripping. Might summer. might have to take a trip down. Yeah. Um. So that that's a good angle for the you know the summer vibe. Um. Yeah, that's nothing, gonna be unreal. Nothing to announce in in terms of like a big event. I do want to um get to a point where I'm renting out my own venue and 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 throwing my own event, booking my own artist selling my own tickets whatever um, right so that's a longer term vision for the brand for sure it's that's going to be awesome though and i feel like that's something people always want to do you know like a little beach bar or something like that like if i hooked you up up in hampton beach or something like that my cousin runs bernie's right yeah so if i said they got a stage up there yeah. fucking that's sick yeah yeah like you know yeah. what i'm saying it's right on the beach i go hey listen get the uh, get evan involved somehow he'll work with you yeah you know what i'm saying some shit like that and then, like you know you figure out if you want to book an artist some fucking thing or whatever yeah, and then you have friends like obviously Tommy, who's like the biggest one you have. You have me that'll help you with anything. You have a bunch of other people, and it's like even make if you something rent out, out like the fucking grand or something for a night like that'd be sick. Yeah, yeah, you can rent out the venue, book your own artist, sell your own tickets. Is that what you money. mean, or do you mean like literally having your own venue? Yeah, like 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 you own the venue. Um. Oh, that would be amazing. I think. I could, <laughs> yeah, that's like yeah. a long term no, no, he's, goal. He's talking about like how like Barstool now has their own like bar. Obviously, that's like, huge. Bar like, uh, no, no, I know that, but I'm just saying that's what you were really? Is that what you were talking about? Like your own venue is what you like. Well, that's what I'm, yeah, in a way, kind of. Um, I was thinking more one off nights, like a, uh, you know, if, if Kite Night was like a uh, mobile tour, more or less, and we could throw like. That's such a fucking hilarious name, by the way. Just Kite yeah, Night. Just Kite chilling. Night. Right? Yeah. Um, How long before you, you know what's insane to me, by the way, that you guys didn't come up with like at the start? Like, you know, Barstool has the banner. Yeah. How do you not have like a kite that's like just the vodka kite? Yeah, well, that's the, the like kite the seminal. The yeah, no, I'm yeah. saying like an actually a physical one. I'm saying. Oh yeah, no, we need to make a physical that's what I'm kite. saying. Like yeah. like a physical kite that'd yeah. be a, a hilarious with like the logo on. It's all with the colors, the red and blue and shit. Yeah, flying kites in the club. Dude, yeah, like, or if you had yeah. it, they were doing like a beach party or something, and yeah. he's got it out of the flying. <laughs> yeah, for sure. We're all flying kites in the ground. No, we've, we've had that idea for but sure. But like yeah. people, like chi like some hot chick in a bikini, like holding the vodka kite, like on the beach, holding the th like, yeah. dude. Oh, trust me, it's it's so in many, the works. Yeah, just in the just a bunch of gas. I mean, so uh, many different marketing it? angles you can take. Yeah, yeah, no, I think what's cool is we have like a brand. Right. Yeah. A lot of brands, they think they have a brand and they don't mm -hmm. they right. have a brand. <laughs> if, if you right. were to uh, say, I come to you and say, Evan, I want to launch, you know, I want to launch my own drink in mm -hmm. six months or a year. What's advice you would give to someone right like in the beginning, beginning stages a year from launching? I think number one in this day and age, you, you got to have some angle that differentiates yourself. If you're just doing another vodka based seltzer that applies to literally everything so you're right you're 100 right yeah you, you can't not have a differentiator no. um and then you know i there, there's so many are you talking like alcohol non-alcohol everything like what's the I guess like, alcohol what, what, yeah yeah that's what anything, i was referring right, exactly to. yeah, yeah alcohol is tough man these companies are monstrous um there's a lot of stuff that goes on in the you industry. You would need that, like a unique original idea that's going to really like. The sell, other thing is like that. The, the other challenge that he's up against is like we've seen in the past, what, four or five years, fucking everybody in their mother has a seltzer. Right. Yeah. Like your your seltzer, market is like the most comp stiff competition, saturated. saturated with shit. You know what I'm saying? Like it's a tough market to like come out of. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. No, if we were carbonated, we'd be dead. 
<laughs> you know, if our product had carbonation in it, it'd be over. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so, I like that you guys don't. I, I don't like carbonated shit. It makes me feel all bloated and gross. Yeah, me right. Personally. Right. So we we differentiate ourselves enough to where we, you know, have gauged the interest from distribution partners and investors and everything. But, um, you know, there's definitely a path forward. It takes a lot of money. It takes a lot of effort. There's a lot of sacrifices that need to be made. You need to be differentiated. But and you also probably need to have some sort of, uh, you know, network within the industry too. There's just so many loopholes with the government. Like I, I can't go into, you know, the state of Georgia and sell vodka to the liquor mm-hmm. store at university of Georgia. Yeah. Right. Like you need right. to get state approvals and distributors like that right. need to take on your product. What would you say? What would you advise people again, as a young entrepreneur, that's a, coming up on a year in the game, maybe a little bit more right from like behind the scenes shit. Yeah. What would you advise people not to do? What do you like? What's like a mistake you might've made or like one or two little like things that you would have done differently, like from the jump. Yeah. I think like you don't want to move too fast. Like you obviously don't want to not progress, but you know, if you move too fast, it typically doesn't go as smoothly as it should. And that goes into stuff. Like, like I feel like you're saying like almost like, like don't figure out how much money you need and just take that. Instead of like more than you need, just don't to say bite off more than you can chew. Yeah. Yes, like exactly. live live below your means in a way. That's yeah, I mean, like, I think like you know, like again, like like you had mentioned, we took a, a bath on having to pull some product out mm-hmm. and and whatnot. You know, the reason we went with the facility that we went with was because they gave us the cheapest price, right? And it's like looking back, that was so stupid because there were so many red flags about the relationship we had with them to, to begin with. We never should have worked with them. Like we just ran a second batch with a different facility and it came out exactly as we were expecting it to from the original days. So very interesting. Now, are you, are you still with this company? The company that, or whatever you were talking about, the distributor. Are you just exclusively with the new distributor now is what he's trying. Um, so, so our distribution partners are, are sticking it, it's our manufacturing partner like who oh, actually makes okay, the drinks okay. um who yeah we ran into some issues with but um no we uh we moved to a different manufacturing facility second batch totally new batch it came out improved even over the first one so um, and you're kind of just like we're okay we're going with these guys now we're not going to fucking put ourselves course, in this position again of course right? yeah yeah, yeah. Right. evan got his elbows dirty when you guys first uh started I don't know if it was the distribution or whatever, but you know what I'm talking about. I don't yeah. know if you could talk about that story. Or oh, yeah. I mean, we, yeah. Hey, here. We paid. I mean, I think it looks good for the brand that, you know, the CEO here is, was packaged. Literally, you were literally packaging vodkites for yeah, how long? It was like an 18 hour shift. 18 or hour shift at the brewery in, in oh, Cincinnati. Yeah. Tell, yeah. Tell, 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 tell a little the bit of the story. story. Yeah, unbelievable. So, so, you know, like, we were we were pressed to meet a timeline at at the brewery and and give us a give us a setting when was this and where was this it was november the the first week in november it was a saturday it was our last day so they canned you know four of our flavors they started with lemon lime then they did fruit punch they did our icy blue flavor after that and then orange was the last one so they had temp workers that were coming in to help keep the process moving mm-hmm. and the temp workers refused to show up on a saturday so they asked us, like, hey, can you guys help out, three of us? And we worked for 18 straight hours. We canned, like, I don't know, like 30,000 orange cans. And, and Oh, my fuck. Weren't you, weren't you sampling them at the same time, too? So two of my partners were 
Yeah, I mean, like, as soon as it comes out of the tank, you want to try it you and see what it is. You have to try it, right? Yeah, yeah. You do that with the beer, pro- it's the same it's fucking thing. It's part of the process. Yeah, exactly, yeah. right. Like, yeah. meanwhile, you're getting a buzz while you're I, I stopped. Buddy I was stopped in one them. putting in grassroots work on the I, fucking, how do you call it? <laughs> I stopped drinking them um, very early on in the day. Um, the My two partners got very, very drunk. In the, so, yeah. <laughs> I mean, you got to pass the time somehow. I feel like, at yeah. That point. I feel like, hey, listen, we're fucking in one at this point. Let's let's imagine you know. working that long straight, eighteen no. hours. Nope. Yeah, no, nope. it was insane. We nope. did not leave until um, no pay. What's yeah. your longest time ever worked in a row? Mine's thirteen, I think, at the restaurant. Oh, dude, not that long. I mean, I've worked at Massport for like an eight or nine hour shift, but that was it. Hey, here, Jay, fun. Twenty four hours. Yeah, that's shoveling fucked. snow. Oh, is that what it was? Oh my god, that's brutal. Are you serious? Yeah. Yeah, fuck! Wow, we all just got put in a fucking body bag by Jay Fine real quick. You probably made a bag that day, though. No, I did, and I gave it all to my bookie. Oh my god! Oh my god! We were in the holes. I lie. Yeah, I literally, I literally worked that shift. (laughs) Met the met the owner of the company the next day. Got a fat stack of cash. Drove it to my bookie's place and dropped it off. Oh my god! And then wanted to just absolutely end it that's the i would i the tilt i would have been on bro is i you know you know you're just working for nothing which yeah, is the exactly. worst part yeah. you're working for nothing you're taking i was nothing working away to get out of debt yeah oh my so god how did that story end like you guys ended up packaging them for how long straight 18 hours yes how did this disney hours. movie end <laughs> we just left at, uh, <laughs> at 2 a.m yeah it was it was crazy was oh it, you God. were in ohio was yeah it? cincinnati was where we uh, how was cincinnati as a city real quick city review uh it's blue collar yeah it's blue collar right you send it afterwards you go to the hotel and just fucking oh no there was, dead, bro. there was no sending it oh yeah cincinnati. that's true what am i I'm thinking I'm, I'm th- i meant um not afterwards i'm so just like in general while you were in cincinnati is what i meant so. uh no no there was no sending it there we had one of <laughs> our uh, all business no our, fucking our warehouse um, the the person who owned our warehouse out there, he took us out one night. He was very homosexual man. Um, so Christ. he took us to what I think was probably a gay bar. Um, and nice. uh, they know how to throw down, man. I'll tell you that right now. Yeah, it was it was. They don't fuck around. It was an out of pocket experience. We left uh, as soon as we could. Um, hey, listen, if you were at the spot you weren't comfortable in, hey, that just is what it is. You know what I mean? Might not be yeah. the spot for you. You know, it was it was an interesting. They don't experience. fuck around though. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Like if they throw a party, they throw a fucking party. Like it wasn't not... a party. It was it was a dive bar. Like, oh was, really? Yeah, dude. It was not it. Not That's it. fucking lit. What um? What was I gonna say? Uh, fucking. What you just got on? Speaking of like destinations, really quick. You just came back from the Dominican. I did. Right. Yeah. Didn't like the food. <laughs> no, I didn't. Okay. What's the worst vacation you've ever been on? Like, have you had like a bad experience, like traveling? You've traveled a bunch of places. Have you had a bad experience? Like, whether it's with Vodkite or like what, like, I'm trying to think like of all the places you visited. Have you ever been like, I can't wait to get the fuck out of here? Uh, I think uh, in general, I don't, I don't love traveling. Um, so weird. Me neither, really. Yeah. I agree with I, you. I like sleeping in my own bed and shit. Buddy, one time, I'm sorry, I don't mean to cut you off, Ev, but <laughs> Tell him I, I, I just like, I, this came to my head when you said that. So I went down to uh, Fort Lauderdale with my, with my family. This was like when I was like 17 or 18. And we we took this like one day cruise from um, Florida to Bahamas. It was like oh, a one day boy. thing. Really? Stay there for a day and then come back. They took us there and like, I legit, I got off the cruise. They're like, okay, you're going to go into the fucking whatever little town area, beach, whatever. A lady in a legit minivan picked us up, a local. <laughs> she couldn't speak English. 
There was like all there was like twelve white people packed into her little fucking thing, and she was just like driving us around, like fucking in a you know, dodge hit, hitting potholes and shit. And she dropped us off in this sketchy ass pot. Me, my mom, and my friend, I'll never forget this. We're walking down like the Marty. No, my buddy, uh, Sir Anthony, Dave Surratt's son, Anthony. Oh, you know, Anthony. Anthony. Oh, yeah. yeah that's so okay. we're walking down. I guess we went down the wrong side of the beach. And there's these six Bahamian. How do you say Bahamian? Are they like Bahamian? I men, think it is. Yeah. And they're trying to sell us a jet ski ride for $100 for like 30 minutes. And I was like, I'm good, bro. But like they could have easily, easily killed us and robbed us right there. And I just remember them all grilling us like mean mugging and i was like all right let's just keep walking like like come on bro like you, you know you want to ride it and i'm like just mock just keep walking That's and like i just remember like it was the and then we got to the fucking main part of the beach finally every three seconds is a local coming up to me trying to sell me like a bracelet trying to sell me like soda for like eight oh, yeah. bucks and i was like bro like we stayed there for an hour and i went right back to the ship it was the worst experience of my life so bahamas bahamas for me ass hold on wait bahamas i feel like bahamas is different at the resort Hundred percent. I was you not. Got, I was not at the resort. Like the Bahamas. Which I was like. Funny. I was seeing. I saw like. I saw like three stray dogs and like needles on the ground and shit. And I was like, "Get me the fuck out now!" Yeah, dude. It's funny. I almost That's got rough. murdered. So there was almost no Tommy Garino. Yeah. So you had no. So you you had no. Um. How do you call it? You were like in the Bahamas, not on I was the resort. In the Bahamas. I wasn't at in you know Nassau. Have you had like yeah in like the resort like you know yeah you weren't Atlantis no whatever the fuck that resort's called. You have you don't really have a bad travel experience where you're like I can't wait to get the fuck out of here. I think I always want to leave when I'm traveling. Really? But I travel with purpose usually. It's usually for business. It's not for uh, enjoyment. I don't. Mine's always on the business. Yeah, I don't. Traveling's never been something that I've spent kind of my entertainment dollars on. Right. I, I I typically like I have so much good stuff going on. There's more stuff here, you want to do at home. Yeah, exactly. Here, so like I'll spend money around boston because that's like the and that's like the ig like the the social media thing now it's like travel experience so, everything so it's like here's right, the well, thing for me i'm definitely more of an entertainer than i am a uh a soul rider right like i i wouldn't get anything out of going to bora bora with like a girl or something like I, i'd rather a party with 100 people there and like i'll rent an airbnb or whatever i'll spend money on my rent in my apartment and, and throw parties but like i don't right I don't do stuff alone. Okay. That's interesting. Uh, my worst would probably be, we went to do this video at Plymouth state one night and like, this was for smack college. This was this brand called smack college that my buddy smack ran high? smack high. And, oh oh, I used to, so, 14, I was like 22. Holy yeah. 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 Shit. So what, what was the video? We were doing a, the, the Plymouth state video. But so, what, what so you've it? been doing content since this kid's been in the content game for like 10 buddy, years, I've been doing bro. buddy. I've been doing videos since 2012. So why, how have you not been with like bar stool or something like that? I had, I auditioned for idol in 2015. I, the, I was the bar stool idol. I was the first person on the second week and I got three unanimous. Kid talk to Dave Portnoy. Oh yeah. Got, Mark Lewis talked to Dave Portnoy. Damn. Yeah. Caleb was the other what judge happened? and so was KFC's. I got three no's. I what thought I had did? a really good pitch. I'll pitch you my idea. Ready? So my idea really quick right, was wait, that- wait, wait. So Barstool Idol for perspective is like you bring an idea to Barstool. Not even. You literally just pr- like you do. You get up in front of, on a microphone in front of everybody in the office and be like, this is why you should hire me. It's the worst setup so, ever. So, but it's horrible. I, no, I think it's good. I think you pitch. Dude, imagine trying to sell bring. yourself though. I can't no, sell I, myself. I know. So I, I rode the train in with Clem. The big heavy guy from New York. Sure. And he was like, I have no, none of us at the office have any idea what we would do on Barstool Idol. No one has a clue. But go ahead. What were you saying? I think it's a platform for somebody to showcase their 
potential value add. I yeah, would, I, no, I, no, I, it, I, it what, is. It's so, just so here's here's my take as a business owner, right? Mm. I get so many DMs, texts, whatever. Let me work for you. Let me do this. Let me do that. Pay me this. Let me do this. How about we do this? It's what like, do you, you provide do, for me? It's like you got to do it. Yeah. But not only that, like like, have you done it before? Because mm -hmm. like like, for example, right? Like you you've done the skits. Mm -hmm. You've done this. You've mm -hmm. done that. Like you're not pitching me on like. Right. Hey, let me um let me try this out for you and pay me a shit ton. Of well, that's like I do so, now with the restaurant stuff that I've kind of like now. So dude, I just did a video like not that I did it for Kowloon, but I showed them like I could show Kowloon. I just did a video for you that did three hundred thousand. Yeah, I did that right? place, Franco's and Waltham, like, one hundred and twenty-five thousand. Like, like I have the you numbers. Should stop back. partnering with restaurants. If you that's know. what I'm trying to do. I don't, so I don't yeah. want to do reviews. I'm gonna do. I'm just doing like my experience. I don't want to make it look like they're paying me for a review. That would be disingenuous. So I just do like my like the the Newbridge video I just did. Yep. It's like my experience at Newbridge. I saw that. That's all it is. It's not video, like yeah. It's, it's a good it, bit. It, but tell me your Barcelona idol pick. So I my first bit my first thing was like a um. Portnoy and KFC right there. And yeah, Caleb yeah, and yeah. Caleb. We'll, we'll, we'll so my like first thing was like a barstool way to like review colleges. So basically what we do is we send like a video team out to do some video footage and get like a field, do some student interviews. And what we do is like we take the college and break it down by academic, like academic, like pr like prestige, nightlife, athletics, the food in the cafeteria. Had you done had barstool been doing? that? No. Had you done it before? Yes. With Smack College, I had five blogs written about Merrimack College, Fitchburg State, um, Plymouth. Uh, UMass Amherst and UNH. And you pitched this on Barstool Idol. Correct. And so what did, what did they what say? They told me, no, they already had the Dixie tour at the time. And I'm like, it's not the same at all. This is completely different. I wanted Barstool to have a complete database of colleges that people could go look at the video and then read the blog and get a breakdown from like the every man's perspective on what a college like what is Dave like. does with his pizza reviews. But Bingo. It's colleges. the exact same thing. Yeah. It doesn't sound like a bad idea. Like sounds a bad like a great idea at all. Yeah. Because I, mean, I felt like the sponsorship would have been the easiest thing in the world well, to fucking get with that vodkaite on it. Not a big deal. What was this girl? Dixie? Was it like how? No, it's not a girl. Dixie. It was Caleb Presley's first thing that he did. Oh, it's called the Dixie, that actually. <laughs> No, it was it's the Dixie tour. The Dixie tour was like so they did like they did like a um it was a bunch of like tailgates they did like through like SEC colleges and they called it Dixie because you could say that back then <laughs> and like you, you know what I'm saying Jay yeah. Fine you could say that back then and it was like a tour a tailgating tour that they did so it's not what you were doing. not at all what I was doing and Caleb's like yeah we already do that I'm like no you don't this is completely different they and just, I like, wanted take your idea and have Caleb do it yeah, well no the uh, the second thing I had was like a wildlife pet show that like people would come on to like we'd have like a wildlife expert on and have like barstool personalities like experience like these animals you know people brought on like um you know little cheetah cubs little cub bear cubs you know sometimes jack hannah would bring on like a little anteat or a warthog or things like that and just have like the personalities of so barstool. like barstool outdoors a little bit but Th like thank you the next week yet where young page view showed up in the office <laughs> with a fucking wallaby and I'm then Barstool. With, I'm not familiar with Barstool Outdoors, so I'm not sure. Do you remember Barstool Outdoors? I I have heard of them. I'm not too familiar with them. Hey, this, is, this is it's so it's basically now it's like a wildlife show. So basically, what she does is like they go like fishing and like hunt and stuff like that, which isn't exactly what I wanted to do, but I wanted to do something based around animals. But like the database, the college database thing was something that I wanted to like have. I think like that, I think. Not saying the pet one was a bad idea. No, the college think, one's definitely the better idea. I, I just had like two. The college one would have. I would agree one they too. Probably would have, could have been on. You know. I don't know why. I again, I didn't know why they didn't want to. Did you not do a good job 
explaining it. I it thought I was maybe. I mean, it sound maybe it just sounded better in my head than it did coming outwards. Do I think I was at my best? Did no. you prepare for it at all? Yeah, I mean, I I didn't have that long to prepare. They emailed me. I was there the next day. Oh wow! So they emailed me on a on a Monday. I was yeah. there on Tuesday at eleven in the morning. Yeah. I literally drove out to New York at like twelve at night. <laughs> Jesus Christ! Pulled and into my uncle's house in Oneonta. Fell asleep at two. Took a, a, a deathly, almost emergency room allergic reaction to their cat. Woke up, my face looked <laughs> oh. like Will Smith and Hitch when oh, he like drinks, boy. when he eats the bad fish. Benadryl or? Four Benadryl. Okay. <laughs> you're, you're tired. Bro. So I almost OD'd on Benadryl. Yeah. I'm half zapped. I meet Clem at the fucking train station. I go all the way into Grand Central Station. We separate. My phone dies on the way to the place. I find it like almost by accident. On the way to Barstool did HQ. They, did they document this at all? Didn't you tell me they videoed it? Didn't yeah, you tell it's me on that? video somewhere. Yeah, you That's can find funny, it. Dude. Before Benadryl, you start slurring your words at that point. Like yeah, you, your oh, face yeah. is, dude. Right, you know right, that episode my face of swelled. I looked like I gained twenty pounds. You know that episode of Always Sunny where they do the high school <laughs> reunion and they think they're dancing like superstars, but they're just drunk and they look like <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> Maybe you thought you were delivering it, but your face was all blown up. You're slurring your words on Benadryl. Like no, I watched like, the video back. I mean, like I thought I was, I thought it was. Okay, did I do anything to stand out? No, but I thought I had a good concept. I think that's yeah. something like uh, it's it's one of those things where like would you have, you have to execute it? I, I I don't know. I haven't watched the video and seen like you present the college thing. I don't know about the exotic pets. That seems like a liability. Um, yeah, a little bit. I mean, if, if late night TV does it, like Barstool can't. They could, they probably could have figured it out. They maybe. At the time, too, Barstool was kind of sports and college-centered, right? There yeah. Wasn't yeah. Any... It would have been something very unique that they hadn't done before. Yeah. So yeah, I get it. So maybe it's not entirely on brand, the pet thing, the exotic pets. But um, it it does get views, though. So Yeah. Because, um, like, you see a tiger or whatever, you're like, holy shit, right? Like, um, in the studio, like, in the Barstool HQ, people are like, what the fuck is going on here? Yeah. I mean, also, like, the logistics of getting that thing into a Manhattan yeah. corporate building. Yeah, that's not, true. Might not be all that. Um, but, right. But... Uh, yeah, the the college reviews and whatnot. Like people used to tune when I was in high school. People used to tune into the I'm Schmacked videos to right. Try to Thank see you. See what colleges had cool parties, right? That so right. Like if you had like a party video, you know, reviews of the food, review like from like the bar stool voice too. Mm -hmm. People then take it. For, like they don't exactly. Think it's cat, it was supposed to be an know? every man's review of a college instead of like the college like national review board. I and we would have broke uh, it down into four categories, five categories, right. scored them each, and then gave them the college a median score of this much. Honestly, bro, it is a great idea. It's just, I mean, all I can think of is at the time, maybe the delivery wasn't as good. Probably, maybe not. Maybe yeah, maybe I was just a little nervous. I don't think I was at my best. I wasn't the content creator I am now. Then it was 2015. I was nobody. Dude, if they put you on the spot in front of Portnoy, Caleb, and KFC, you have a day to prepare. Like, anyone's going to be nervous for that. <laughs> you know? Yeah, right. So, it is what it, I'm not knocking you. It's just no, like, no. maybe that's what it was. Like, honest the execution to God, of and the honest idea. to God, dude, I, had no, I wasn't like mad about it. I just was like, you know what? I just mm -hmm. stayed on the grindstone. Yeah. I've, been, I've been doing content, bro, since legitimately 2012, 2013. Like when Instagram first started video, that's when I first started doing, I was two years out of high school. I'm 30 now. Yeah. And wow. it just hit for me like a year and a half ago. That's crazy. Yeah. yeah. That's why I stay with it. Feel bad. You got to get going. Yeah. I got to stop dipping. Off. I mean, if you guys want to keep 
keep keep it going. Yeah, as long as you want, if we want to do another yeah. half hour, that's yeah, fine. Whatever you want to keep talking. All right. Well, going. I'm gonna start heading out. But yeah, do what you gotta do. Thanks bro. for having me, bro. Dude, I'll definitely be back to so HQ. You have to thank us for anything. Are you kidding me? Come by whenever you want. It's good uh, to have you back you for a little bit. This anywhere? Just keep it in the same spot. Yeah, you can keep it there. Just fling it off the wall. All right, boys. All right, keep the conversation going. Again, Tommy at headquarters. No, in headquarters at Hedgebetter. It was great talking to you. I'll see you later. GG's. Hey, glad to have the boy back for a little bit, to be honest with you. It's nice to have him back in here. Yeah. Don't forget all your yeah. shit here, bud. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, just continue conversations. You want to just pretend you're not here? Yeah. All right, I got you. You're a ghost at this point. Um, what was I going to say? What do you think, Ev, if you, and I say this on, like, I had kind of a TikTok about this a couple of, uh, couple of months ago. What do you like? What's your, like, top five? What's your favorite Cape Cod bar? What do you think is the best bar on, bar on Cape Cod? Because this is going to be a hot TikTok clip. I'm telling you right now. You got to nail this one. Shout out uh, the port in Harwich Port. They're going to be pushing vodka. So. Right, you're the corporate play. You got to get what before vodka. No, 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 no. It's not corporate. It's not corporate. It's a no, no, not corporate. Bar. But you know what I mean? Like they're yeah. like doing the event. No, I'm, I'm good friends with the owner. So the port's the port's the spot. For sure. Okay. Uh, and we'll be in the Falmouth Raw Bar too. So. Okay, cool. Yep. That's yeah. going to be dope then. Um, what about what's your favorite like regular like just Boston like bar? My favorite bar. Uh, to be honest, I don't like bars really i like clubs i go to clubs. really you're more of a club guy more of a club guy would have never guessed that that's yeah. crazy man wow what yeah. um so what do you have a favorite like spot i've always thought like um i've always enjoyed as far as clubs go i always i gotta say the one night i went to the grand was unreal the grand's my favorite club i think memoir is nice too i was just there I again memoir is my second favorite club really <laughs> i like it we're on the same wavelength there i like it yeah um and I've never been to Royale, but I feel like it's really crowded. Cure is okay. It's like a more of a loungy vibe. Boston's got some good, like, low-key or, like, type of clubs. I like it. You know what I mean? Yeah. How do you feel about the Boston nightlife in general? Because people, it's always a hot topic of contention. People think they shut down. I do think they close too early. 2 a.m.? What do you um, think? Um, I think 2 a.m. is a good hour. Really? Yeah, I think so. No shit. I think that what do you nothing, think? Nothing good happens after, yeah. after 2 a.m. Tell you what, Should, money, uh, though, uh, could keep the MBTA open longer. You do, but it, they also did it weirdly too. Like, I used to bounce at Capo, and like, I was used to think it was weird that like Capo closed before Lincoln. Like, yeah. Capo was a bigger place, like, suited for more people. What time does like, Capo close? Capo closed at one, Lincoln closed at two. Like, really? I never understood why they did that. Yeah, I, I would have done it the other way Lincoln at one, Capo at two. Right, 100%. But, yeah, I don't know. They do some weird shit. That is odd. Yeah, the city of Boston is different. It's got a, It's a very like, um, I don't know. I don't think it's meant to be New York. It's not meant to be open 24 hours a day. Like, you know what I mean? So I, um, yeah, I just fucking, whatchamacallit. Are you still the, um, you still, would you have season tickets to the bees? Oh no, Slain, uh, Masters does. Masters does. So yeah. what's the next uh, game you're headed to? Um... I don't know. I'm trying to get tickets. I'm trying to get. I'm trying to get tickets to. uh, See if he tosses me an invite to a playoff game. eh? I know. I'm trying to think. uh, I'm trying to get uh, April 23rd this Saturday Rangers. I want. I want to get that. I go to. I. I on average, religiously, I go to one game a year, Mm -hmm. like one game a year. So at least one, I should say. Yep. Haven't gone yet, so I'm trying to get this Saturday game for the Rangers. I like to get them right. I like to go right before the playoffs. That's like my favorite time to go to the Beast. Yeah. Playoff atmosphere. I feel like. Everybody's in a good mood. Yep. You know what I'm saying? It's just like my my thing. Now, what are you, were you hockey was your main sport growing up? Um, I spent the most time probably in a hockey rink. Uh, I was a little bit better at baseball. Really? Yeah. No shit, huh? Now, did yeah. you ever? 
Did you want to play any sport in college? Oh yeah, I had scholarship offers to play baseball, but I um really? tore my labrum in my throwing shoulder. So, so. you were a pitcher? Uh, no, I played shortstop. Short, okay. Yeah. I got, yeah, you're a taller, kind of like slender guy. Yeah. Rangy middle infielder, I can Absolutely, see. Absolutely. Hit yeah. at the top of the order. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. there you go. How was the competition to Tabor like for high school? Did you play against any guys that ended up playing somewhere big? Absolutely. Shout out uh, Jared Schuster. He played on our team. He went first round in the MLB draft uh, wow. last year. Yep. Yeah, last year, for, okay. Signed for like two million bucks. Who um, uh, who picked? Who scooped him? Who picked Atlanta him? Braves took him twenty fifth overall. Not a bad organization to get drafted by. I would yeah, say. Yeah, he's a lefty pitcher, man. He throws steam. He uh, he's like I think he's like the fourth rated lefty pitcher in their system. He's already in the the double A. Good for him. Yeah, nice. he's he's nice. a stud. Obviously, dude. crushed it in rookie ball. Did well. um. I think he had decent numbers. What where he did his damage was in the Cape Cod League. He had the oh, lowest that's a DRA. Dream, dude. Yeah, he had the lowest DRA for the uh Who'd he play for? He played for um Orleans Firebirds, I think. Yeah, that's um sick. he um he's from New Bedford. Good, oh, was he really? New Bedford kid. guy? That's awesome. Yeah, we had another kid, uh PJ Poolin. Shout out to him as well. He uh he's also in double A for the uh Rockies organization. Wow, dude, you had some good fucking. He was wow. PJ was a stud, dude. He um he was a five tool player too in the. Uh, in it's the tough. Field. One guy goes to the defending World Series champs. One goes to probably the worst, maybe the worst run organization in the fucking league. Which he's is been with the Rockies for a while. He's he's a few years older than Jared. Okay. He's he's very very talented. I wouldn't be surprised if both of those guys end up in the show. In the Shout out to Lynn Mass, by the way. Ben Bowden started opening day for the Rockies last uh, last year. Yep. Um, how about hockey? Did you guys you play against anybody that fucking ended up? Oh my god, all the guys, all the guys playing the show now. Yeah. You really? My, yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Was, well, New England prep so private, dude. You, I mean, it's a yeah. System, and I was I was a '97 mm -hmm. birth year, and I played you know AAA hockey growing up. So I did. I played against all of them. Yeah. Know, right. Like, who was, the, who was the best? Sometimes it's uh, not always the guy that ends up with the best career, which is funny. Yeah. Uh, Noah Hannafin was the best guy in the United States. For, oh, my God. I yeah. can't imagine playing against that fucking kid. Yeah, he he's like stud. the best. He might be the best skating defenseman in the league. He, the guy is unreal. He's had a, he's had a good NHL career. I, I think he was – dude, he's been the best player in the United States since we were five years old. So You um, just heard about that kid your whole fucking life? And uh, like, I played against him growing up. He's from Norwood. He played on the you know, right, South Shore yeah. Kings. I played on the Providence Capitals when I was six years old. So I played Oh, really? Him. Oh, yeah. Shit. Um, yeah, no, he um, he was he was the best 97 birth year, all of youth hockey until, you know, literally recently, like Austin So that Matthews was the fucking guy. Yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah. 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 I mean, I think he went fifth overall in the draft. Um, he did to uh, the Hurricanes. Yep. Right? Um, trying to think. McDavid went one. This is 2015, right? Yep. Eichel um, went Eichel went two. two. Eichel was the same draft year. Dylan Strom, I think, went three. three. Yep. I can't remember who went fourth. four. Was um, it wasn't Chikrin, was it? No. No, Chikrin went six. I think the year after mm -hmm. 2015. It could have been um. Oh my God! Don't tell me who this Mitch is. Mitch Marner. Yeah, it was Mitch Marner. Mitch yep, Marner. You're right. It was it. Mitch Marner. So yeah. So all those guys are you know other than. Eichel's a 96 birth year, obviously from Chelmsford and whatnot. So like, right. But of the 97s, Noah Hannafin went highest for United States players. Uh, then the following year, Austin Matthews went number one overall, and he's a right. 97 birth year. But um, right. 
Yeah, no, Noah Hannafin was the guy for sure. He was disgusting. Up. Yeah, and there were he played on that '97 Kings team that had like Colin White, uh, Lincoln Holy Griffin played shit. at Northeastern. They, they had a bunch of studs. Yeah. Really? Yeah, they were they were a top three team in the country every year. Them, Long Island Gulls, and like the St. Louis Blues and whatnot. Detroit Compuware. They they were the top five teams. That's unbelievable, dude. Fucking yeah. wow. Uh, yes, yeah, so you played against some serious talent in both sports at a young age. At a very young age, played with and against some some good talent. Yeah, that's unbelievable. Yeah. Now, how were you guys like as far as like high school sports goes? Like, how were you guys in? Like, how was the program? Like, Baseball was was very very good. We won the uh, you know. We won our league our yep. our sophomore year in New England champs. Oh so. wow, that's unbelievable. Okay. Yeah, yeah, no, we were studs. I was yeah. I, I, Tabor's always been a good hockey program too. Yep, hockey was good. I mean, we definitely underperformed for the talent level that we had, unfortunately. Really? Yeah. But um, you know, it's competitive. Like all the teams are good. So yeah. That definitely had something to do the, with it. Um now when you got to UMass, you do you have to make the decision where it's like, do I try and play like an intramural sport or like club sports or something like that? Like did did, did that cross your mind I played club all? hockey for a hot second and I got injured and it was just not worth it for really? me. Really? Yeah. And I heard the club team at UMass was pretty good at the time. Oh yeah. For club hockey. It was, they yeah. always had one of the better ones because it was like, dude, like the varsity team kind of sucked for a long so, time. And then yeah. They, so it was interesting. The, the UMass hockey team was terrible for a while and then they won the natty. It's <laughs> insane. Know? Makar so, shows up and everything changes. Yeah. It's fucking wild. Yeah. He's a stud. Yeah. Makar and Frank Vetrano apparently. Um, What was the other one? Fuck. Oh, and Connor Sherry. So Vetrano and Sherry was so weird because like UMass was bad, but both of those guys came right off the team. So you played hockey growing up? Yeah. Where? So I, I'm from Georgetown, Mass. So I'm from okay. up by like, um, you know, like the Topsfield Fair? Yeah. So I'm the town over. Yeah, I know. Where the only thing is like we didn't have a high school team, so I didn't play in high school. You would have had to like co-op with this other regional school. The program sucked. I was like a big baseball player in high school. I played briefly in college. Yep. That was um. That Where'd was you go my- to school? Georgetown High. Yeah. College. Oh, college. Oh, uh, this JUCO up in Haverhill, Neco. I only played like my fall semester. I just realized college sports like I'm like, I don't want to seven day a week thing. Like I just don't lost my love for it. Yeah. Um. And then I just went and played men's league and mm-hmm. loved it. Yeah. And I haven't stopped since. It's been I'm in the North Shore League now, so I play for the Manchester Marlins, which is dope. Shout mm-hmm. out to Mac and all the boys. Um, North Shore League's great. It's like, a, dude, I'm the oldest guy on the team. I'm 30. Yeah. So it's like, you know what I mean? But, um, and it's weird because UMass at this point, like, like I said, they always had like a good club team. Because people don't realize, dude, just because like, you're not a fucking D1 hockey player. Doesn't mean like you're bad. You know how many guys that probably played like, like you, dude, you played fucking Tabor and you end up, you're out there at the, with the club team. You could have played college hockey somewhere. Yeah. Hockey's competitive. Um, You know what I mean? Yeah. There, there's only what, like 55 division one programs. Yeah, dude. Like it's competitive for sure. How was, so how was it for you with with the, your call? We're talking about college, like athletic experiences. Like how was it for you with Bentley? Like when you first got there? Uh, Bentley was interesting because, like, I originally wanted to go there to play basketball. Like, that's, like, what I was going to do. And then, like, I decided that I wasn't kind of at the last second. So I didn't play basketball. I still went there. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, it was super interesting because, like, our only program that was Division One was hockey. Everything else was Division Two. Mm-hmm. But the hockey team was, like, the team that flew the most under the radar for some weird 
That's reason. odd. I always yeah. looked at Bentley like a hockey school too. They and baseball. Well, they have a pretty good baseball. They, team hockey is their center. hockey is their biggest sport. But it was just it was like football, like soccer, like those guys. Like they were like, even like track, like those guys. Just for I some think reason. like college hockey in general is just like I don't know that I love where it's at with these like twenty four year old freshmen coming back from juniors and shit. You don't see that anywhere else in any other college sport. And how do you feel about that from like the whole, like what's the, like, do you think that dilutes the sport, like takes away the whole like college feel? I think the kids are so good at such a young age now that yeah. you should definitely realize when you're not kind of, but then again, like a, a good example, do you know who Brandon Tanev is? For yeah. The place of the Penguins. Yeah. So late dude, bloomer late bloomer you know like i i'm one of my best friends eric foley played at providence college with brandon tanev and you know eric was you know 19 years old when tanny was 25 or whatever and like did tanny blew up out of nowhere and now he's got a solidified nhl career so i, I understand right. why some of these guys stick to the grind yeah but, i get it right but i i do think you know the theme is that the kids are really really talented at a really young age hockey's definitely kind of transitioned from like a physical sport to like you know a kid like uh clayton keller he's tiny right he's ripping up the nhl right, right. so like these kids are very talented at a young age i do think that part of it has to transition from like these kids just thinking they're going to get their shot to like coming back down to reality a bit but you know scholarships are worth a lot of money right so if you're gonna you know if, if your coach wants to put you through the junior system and everything but you have that you know two hundred and thirty thousand dollar scholarship it's usually people don't realize do tanov like didn't play hockey at like 17 years old like he stopped playing hockey and then like went back to it i don't know if that is true that may be true but he you pretty know, sure i'm almost positive he said that on chicklets like he like didn't play for a year like he kind of just took a year off or whatever he may, just he like, may have i'm not sure his brother also plays in the nhl too, yeah so chris right yeah but he definitely wasn't like a highly touted prospect at a junior no, definitely or anything not. like that. Found his way on like the PC roster somehow. Put yeah. In his, put in his work, put in his time. And then like his junior and senior year, like lit it up. Right. So, um, yeah, he's, he's a stud, but, um, and now he's uh, got a, he's got a, he's on a six year contract in the NHL now, and he's going to be oh, set for life when it's all millions, said and done. Yeah, Even if he doesn't get re-upped or whatever the fuck, doesn't matter. He's, yeah, so it was worth it for him. You know what I'm he's saying? He's in the twenties of millions, I think. Is yeah, there anything else that you want to tell before we close out? Tell the people about Vodkite and what this brand is all about. I want to want I want the people to hear it from you. Yeah, I think what what makes us unique is that you know we have a, a very cool product, obviously, and a differentiated one, one that you know, people are gravitating towards, but we also show people a relatable experience and, and we care about our, our customers and we care about our people that support us. And, you know, we're up against big, big companies that plug into the system and, and, you know, you have no idea why you're even purchasing one of their products, but, you know, we're not going away. The vodka will be around forever. We have a big enough net in Massachusetts to where like this thing will keep moving. And, uh, even yeah. if it just stays growing and flourishing in Massachusetts. Yep. It will exist for, for a very long time yeah. for sure. Um, so, you know, we're, we're not stopping or the goal is national distribution or potentially even global, but um, yeah, we appreciate all the support and, and 
If you haven't tried it yet, definitely. Yeah. Local brand guys, Vodkite. Where can they find it? Like off the top of their head, like do you know? Do you have a couple of big places, or is it so many now that you're just like? Hey, we're shoes. in 130 liquor stores, so so um, the chances are it's available near you. Is basically what we're getting. Yeah, you here. can check out the website for a store locator, Vodkite.com. Yeah, uh, yeah. Show you everything on there, Vodkite.com, Vodkite on Instagram. You yep. know what I'm saying? Vodkite on TikTok. Yeah, same shit. Yep. So that'll wrap today's episode. Um, F, thank you for coming on, man. Yeah, I hope you had a good time. It. Hope this is yeah. what you thought this was going to be. And yeah, it, it's, no, it's cool, man. I appreciate yeah, you guys. Yeah, a lot of fun, right? Yeah. yeah, no, I had fun. Jay Fine had fun. I know it was great to have Tommy back here. So yeah, guys, Vodkite, official sponsor of the episode. Um, yeah, right there, guys. Check it out.